I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together we, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre. Of the same genre. And watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally good. Whatever it is, morning, afternoon, evening, nighttime. Welcome back, listeners, to episode 29 of We Watch Anything. That's episode 29, and we feel fine. Although, actually, I don't. I feel relatively ropey. I've got a really blocked up nose, and I sound a bit stupid. But Jono, on the other hand, sounds awesome. Hey, Jono. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I feel absolutely dandy. Although you're, you're, you're blocked up way... Your blocked-up sound is making me feel slightly sad. Oh, well, it is Halloween as we record this, so feeling sad is maybe not a bad thing. Maybe we should feel scared, not sad. Yeah, I was going to say, Halloween's not really sad. (laughs) That's that maudlin time of year, Halloween. (laughs) It's been drinking a lot of gin in its own, on its own, in the kitchen. And I think, once again, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I think last year, when we were coming up to Halloween... You sort of remarked, "Oh, we should have done a Halloween special," and I said, "No, there's no, we shouldn't do that because everyone does that." But we've totally failed to do a Halloween special. And it is actually Halloween night, and are we partying in Central New York, dressed up as sort of zombies? Yes, no. we are. <laughs> no, well, I think this is partly because we've had to put this record off for various reasons. Mm. Some uh, schedule clashes, some half terms, and looking after small people, some. Sort of, you know, lackadaisical attitudes towards uh, watching the films because uh, I was just very busy. Um, but it's I, what I'm going to call it is our autumn break. It, we were we were walking in the park, kicking the leaves, trying not to step on hedgehogs, and uh, and unfortunately that meant that we couldn't get the pod down. And so now we've ended up on October the 31st recording our animation episode, mm. whereas we could have done that a couple of weeks earlier, got that out, and then done a Halloween special. Poor planning, but at the yeah. same time, it does mean that you're going to get the animation episode uh, in November, which is a great time for animation because of all that stuff, yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah, November is very much the animating month, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, traditionally, traditionally. Yeah, I, I just briefly, before we go on with, with, with Operation Animation. Sure. Um did you have any 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 other business from last episode? We from... did the eighties last time, our famous eighties episode that people are still talking about. Oh um, yes. Did you have anything that you wanted to touch on? Because I had an apology to make about a mistake. Oh, well, do I know I had nothing I wanted to touch on? So go, you you, you oh, touch just, away. Yeah, yeah. As... I'm really embarrassed. You know that awful feeling when you know you made a mistake. Wedding Singer. We talked about the Wedding Singer being, and I said very confidently how it was made in 1995. Totally wasn't. It was 1998, which I think you would have guessed any, you know, if it hadn't oh, been yeah. for me so confidently butting in with 95. And then we talked about, oh, how old it is. But actually, it's, you know, next year it's going to be 20 years old. But yeah, That's still sorry old, about dude. that. I am sorry. That was just me being so sure I was right. I have no idea where I came from. That's fine. From. So, yeah, well, no, I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty done with that, with all that sort of 80s stuff. Uh, yeah, nothing, it's nice to move away. Me. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this time around, uh, I picked up on, I mean, we went for the animation genre. I thought I'd go down that route because I do like to try and force myself to watch stuff that I wouldn't ordinarily watch. I'm not the world's biggest sort of animation fiend. And, uh, you know, we've picked a variety of, of movies but I you know I do think when animation's good it's amazing but I am the only person I know who turned up off because they didn't really like the shape of the character oh I'm uh, interesting interesting I am totally with you on that oh really Only I was what uh, yeah I I, I bet but basically I was forced to watch it because my daughter absolutely adored it for quite a while yeah um but I really didn't like this just the the look of the the old guy and oh, the, wow, and, and the, so and the only kid. you and me hooray <laughs> yeah but I but the thing is because of being forced to watch it um several times it, I, it definitely grew on me enough yeah that I, 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 and I and I like everyone I'm not saying I wasn't moved by it. I still cried at the beginning like everyone else and stuff like that I did I thought the music was good shape. but I just didn't really um Certainly, first first reaction to that, I did not like it at all. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, oh, hooray! Yeah, and yeah, I know I know I'm not you. entirely without feeling because I watched Lion the other day, and I basically needed to be rehydrated after the 
<laughs> I was an absolute mess. Oh, I've still not seen it yet. It's fantastic. No. It's on Amazon Prime now. Not that I want to deviate from Netflix, but uh, mm. Amazon Prime seems to have managed to bag all of last year's Oscar contenders for some reason. So mm. if you get a chance to watch Lion, do it's blinding and uh, you know just pack an entire factory of tissues. Yeah, is it animated? No, the people are very animated, but uh... <laughs> not. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that doesn't sound okay. relevant to our podcast. No, uh, well, I'm going to go for my one of my favourite animations of all time. Just just before we kick this off, I think that okay. maybe some I would say our generation, maybe a lot of people have seen uh, younger generations, maybe not so many. The the one sort of I was never a massive Disney fan. I do love Robin Hood, which not many people who are Disney fans apparently do like. But uh, the animated version of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is one that sticks with me as well. Oh, my favorite animation yeah, of all time. Good call. Good call. I remember having that on Betamax video and watching it over and over again. I never actually, I didn't actually watch the whole thing, but I remember that I'd really, I had favourite bits that I absolutely yeah. loved. And the, the voice, the, 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 I can't remember who did the voiceovers. And that it was like James Earl Jones who did Aslan, or it sounded like, or something oh, like was that. was it? No, I don't think so. But it was someone, oh. with, someone with that gravitasy kind of voice. Yeah, no, the, the Mr. Tumnus and the Witch, they were, were, were fantastic. And I can't remember yes. who the, the, the Edmund kid was really annoying and whiny. They got him just right. He was great. Yeah, yeah, he's perfect. I think it's all perfect. That's I, I why I couldn't mm. really deal with the live-action CGI version because it was all just a bit uh, a bit awful. But if you don't know where to watch it and you've never seen it, YouTube has your back covered. Oh, does it? One hour, 34 minutes, all of it there on YouTube. Fantastic. Not entirely uploaded legally, I'm guessing, but no. No, well, good. Well, I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't prepared my favourite animation films, but, but there are loads of animated films that I've never got round to seeing, and this one's quite an embarrassing one, dude. I've still not seen the Corpse Bride one. Uh, neither have I. Oh, I thought you loved that one. No, I've seen Nightmare Before Christmas, which I like. Oh no, 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 that's the one I mean. <laughs> oh, you tool, that's great, Nightmare Before Christmas. I know, I've still not watched that one, and everyone <laughs> tells me it's amazing. Yeah, I haven't it's seen one of those things. Bride. You know, when everyone tells you something is amazing, it's quite hard to get round to it. Sometimes it's just yes. you, I, it, it, it sort of every, you, you get that sort of perverse, don't not wanting to watch something. And I just I've just never got round to it, even though it, it, I, I'm sure I'll like it when I do. But anyway, yeah, it's I really good. It. It, I, yeah, I, I'm a fan. It's it's still good, Tim Burton. Good. Well, do you want me to tell you about a film, an animated film I have seen? Oh, that sounds like a great idea, John. <laughs> Why don't you do that? Because people, um, the, the film I have is it, 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 on Netflix because that's the oh idea, wow that's see. great, <laughs> and it's called Blame Blame exclamation mark. But actually, that should be pronounced Blam, as oh. it's a uh, reference to sort of cartoony, um, you know, Blam Kapow Smash Boom type oh, right. comic sound effects. Yeah, it's one of those weird sort of you know lost in translation type things. This is a manga type film. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, I remember. Recent. Was it was it made for Netflix or was it just released? By... Yeah, it's a Netflix original. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And it and it only came out in I think April May this year, twenty seventeen. And it's based on a um, on a nineteen ninety eight ten volume uh, Japanese manga work. Yeah, uh, which has actually been adapted um, in the past for a, a, a TV series back in two thousand and three. Uh, but like I say, this this is the Netflix version, and um, and and I'll, and I'll give you the setup. It's 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 set, set on up. a it's it's set on a um in in the distant future, dystopian future, yep. on Earth. But um, Blade Runner, sort of. It's in a giant city, okay. and um and rather than Blade Runner, more like um like in like the Skynet in Terminator or um or the machines in in. In the Matrix. Oh, that's very machines yeah. In the past, the machines have turned on humans, or rather, actually, it, it turns out that due to an infection in the distant past, humans lost the ability to control the machines because you see, in the past, they were controlled through some kind of bio interface thing. But the uh, point okay. is that the machines have gone rogue and, and a kind of automated, uh, self building city has sort of spiralled out of control, replicating itself infinitely in all directions. Not infinitely, but, you know, a lot in all directions. Yes. And in this city, humans now survive as, you know, they're parasites or pests that the, that the automated defence system known as the Safeguard are trying to, is trying to exterminate. And uh, the Safeguard normally take, takes the form of these kind of um, uh, spidery humanoid robots. Um 
and and generally, so so that's the are they world, are they sort it? of the remnants of the old humans, or are they just no, they're just they're, they're robots. Robots, oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, um, and the film concerns uh, a small community of human survivors who live in this. They call it. I think they call it a village, but it's not like you know, it's not a village. There's no pub. There's no grass. grass no there's no pub. green. <laughs> They just live in this sort of area of the city for for whatever reason seems to be immune to the to the spidery robots. Yeah. Um, but they're trapped oh, there. You know, there's dwindling food, and um, and they call themselves electro fishers, who go oh. out every now and then, and have to carry out increasingly sort of suicidal um, missions to get food. And they wear this. Are really they, are cool... they, do they have to sort of get live food, or are they sort of getting pre-packaged food kind of thing? Well, good question. They seem to just. I think that's sort of glossed over. I don't oh, know okay. whether we really go into detail, but they, they, they. I think at one point they refer to it as mush, or something. So, no, yeah. sludge. Maybe they use the word, but I don't think it's anything particularly yummy. Yes, you know? they're not really bad or anything. <laughs> no, or a stock of sort of, you know, tinned peaches or anything nice no, like that. No. Covered from mentioned tinned peaches. Oh, I know actually. Actually, no, I know why. It's because of that scene in um, Twenty Eight Days Later. Um, oh yeah. Uh, anyway, so the point is that they're trapped, and um, the film starts uh, with one of these missions happening. You, you see this girl called um, Zuru, and she's in this kind of weird sort of body armor with sort of um, three. It looks like three eye holes, but whatever. It doesn't matter. And she's with a group of friends, and you and you realise from the script that they're they're young ones who've gone out without permission to do a bit of food hunting, and um, and badness ensues because they they get set, their their presence is sensed by one of these watchtowers, and then a whole load of these spidery robots. I mean, they're humanoid spidery robots. They're quite creepy looking. They kind of got humanoid faces that go along the ground, but their the way their legs move looks quite spidery. Anyway, they start killing them, and um, then. A mysterious, uh, a kind of Mad Max type person turns up. Oh, right. You know, kind of like silent, kind of gunslingery. Yeah, yeah. And he's and he's called Kiri, and he's got a really powerful weapon, uh. with which he dis- <laughs> with which he destroys. Um, well, he saves them, and uh, nice with his big gun, and um, and through him, and basically they take him back to their community, and. And you learn, and through him, him and their, their interaction, you learn a bit more about this world, this idea of this sort of ever-growing city, and and you, and you get a sense of the scale of this story. And that he talks about being on a hundred level, from being from a hundred levels below, and stuff like that. And so you just kind of get a sense: wow, this isn't just a city that's growing, growing. It's absolutely massive. So it's quite matrixy, really, in some ways. Yeah, in some ways, but like I say, it's kind of. I was just thinking of those the like endless, endless sort of uh, rows, rows of pods of humans kind of thing. Yeah, the only difference, but the difference is, yeah, it definitely like but that. They're, but, but they're awake as opposed to being. Yeah, yeah, and as well, the humans serve no purpose. They're just pests, parasites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not they're not the batteries. Um, yeah. And and then that's kind of where I'm going to. I mean, that's basically what I've just described. Is I'm the guessing first fifteen is first fifteen minutes more or less. Oh blimey! This, okay, that's lots of plot. You meet, yeah, you meet this gunslingery guy. And then I'm going to more or less leave it there and move to my review. So once Kiri turns up, this very silent, um, moody, monosyllabic, um, uh, but quite cool-looking gunslingery guy, um, it leads towards the main mission because his thing is that he's after the net terminal... He's looking for a human who still has the net terminal gene. And this is a gene that humans have lost... Which, if they have, if he can find it, would mean that they could, in theory, reconnect with the machines and reassert control over the machines. Okay, cool. so yeah. wrest power back to humans over them over the city, and that's the sort of main mission of the film. Um, but it's also the moment he turns up, it starts the most annoying aspect of the film, <laughs> which is the kind of problem that you get with sort of um, Basil expositiony type script, or rather. You know, this is it, it's, you know it's a problem with a lot of science fact, science fiction or fantasy films, isn't it? There's just loads of like names and oh, explaining. Oh god, yeah. And this has got like I've already said quite a few of them, but Electro Fishers, Safeguards, Net Sphere, Rotting Shrine is one thing. Net Terminal Gene, Automated Factory, Defense Net, Gravitational Beam Emitter. <laughs> All these things have to be sort of people do get very exp- sort of 
caught up in their cyberpunk terminology, don't they? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and actually, do you know what it sort of reminded me of? I'm not a huge um, gamer, but I did absolutely fall in love with the first Resident Evil and the second Resident Evil, particularly. I really the liked second those one was those. great, wasn't it? I loved the second yeah. one. Yeah. And but you know those bits when you kind of stumble into a new bit of plot. I don't. Know, there must must there must be a gaming name for these kind of things where They're you know you stop being you know, cutscenes. Oh, cutscenes. Yeah. It felt like there was quite a lot of those going on in this film. Um, that's interesting. That's, did you ever play um, Metal Gear Solid? No, no, no. Because I've that, seen it played, but no. But that that you know, that's a sort of Japanese anime influenced uh, computer game. And by the by, the, the certain point down the road in the in the series, it just felt like all you did was like walk over there, and suddenly there'd be another ten minutes of cutscenes. At which point you just go, <laughs> "Oh God, I don't even get to play anything." I'm essentially just watching a movie, where I sort of go, bet- where I have to basically navigate a person between the scenes, and then it plays for another fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you know I definitely found myself getting slightly frustrated with this stuff, but equally, you know, it, it, it's it's not as bad as some. Anyway, let me crack on for a bit yeah, longer. Yeah. So. There's just one other plot point I want to mention is that quite soon after Kiri's arrived and everyone's going, oh, who is this mysterious stranger? What was you know because he's got all this weird news from the outside, and um, and because of his hunt for this important gene that he's after, he, long story short, ends up talking to a dead, um, a dead scientist. Don't ask me how; it's too weird. Right. But the point is that somehow a pres- the consciousness of a scientist from the long distant past is is preserved in this weird skull like robot head great and <laughs> That's i always like to put my scientists and she says she can lead them to an automated factory that for various reasons will help them get food and blah 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 but the point is that they, this this leads to the mission part of the middle part of the film okay they 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 have to go to this place which is dangerous to get to and do something there but the point is that for quite a long time <laughs> Kiri is just walking around with this ridiculous, well not ridiculous but this kind of slightly irritating severed scientist head on his back <laughs> that just sits there delivering explanations and there's just this one there's this one really quite lame sequence when they've had quite a good scene where they're all just sort of sitting around having a rest because they're all knackered from walking all the time Yeah, and, um, and she just starts giving loads of like convenient backstory for no apparent reason <laughs> and it's like this nothing so funny about this kind of severed scientist head going oh, I'll just I'll just I'll just for no reason at all talk to myself and explain the entire plot for you and it it just yeah it just that got quite, a dull quite voice irritating it was a bit but ridiculous you, in a sort of kind of comedic way, but at the same time quite irritating. It it, it was irritating, but it was uh, equally it was fine because I really loved this. I thought oh, it was really? great. Yeah, oh, wow. I had a really I didn't good think time. You were going to say that at all? No, I had a really good time. I I should say I am not by any means a manga aficionado, a anime, and yeah. I don't know anything about it really. I I've enjoyed talking to people who are passionate about it in the past because they tend to be really passionate, don't they? No, gotcha. but I don't I don't know nothing about it. But this, I just loved how it looked. It's absolutely awesome it's really steampunky there are loads of greys and blues and these vast landscapes these industrial sort of spaces the world it creates is just really cool and the idea of this sort of absolutely vast ever-expanding city is really well created yeah you know? and, I, and i found myself thinking about it afterwards you know it's just quite an awe-inspiring it just captured my imagination it's, oh it's, that's really cool it's, it's simple and um and, oh, I, and I, I just went sort of, from, I have no interest in seeing this, to, oh, I think I might watch this. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think I would definitely recommend people just start, I know it's a really silly thing, I quite often end up saying this, just watch the beginning and see what you think. But it just, I think, just if you do watch the beginning, just you'll see the kind of artwork. And it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. It's just, it's really well done. Um, and I like the Mad Maxi figure, who's totally, as I say, monosyllabic, but... Um, but yeah, I just, it's just, it, I really liked the world it created. Like apparently, the original manga stories, um, there's a there's a sequence where someone crosses a room that's as, that is in itself the size of a planet. You know, this is the thing, it's, it's a world where this city right. hasn't just gone quite big. It's gone absolutely massive and no one knows how big is it, big it is because it's, so, it's been so long. And like I said, I just found that quite inspiring. Now, in terms of the way it looked... Um, I read a th- so I went on I went onto some websites to try and find people you know, more um, more of a fan view if you see what I mean. Yeah. And this is just one that I'm going to read out. This is just a comment where um 
Someone wrote, CGI, this is an anime, so no thank you. The recent move to 3D animation in some animes has been terrible. The forced low frame rate, the weird looking faces, it's just not good. Now, I don't know about that, but I just thought I'd raise it as a concern because yeah. it might be that um, other if people who are more into this genre would have similar beefs. Um, and I, personally, it didn't bother me. I, 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 I don't know what he's talking about. I, I just loved the sort of scale of it all and the sense of awe. It reminded me yeah. of that fantastic sequence in, um, you know, the Forbidden Planet when you, they go and explore the Krell underground. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of machinery and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and oh, and the other thing I read was that apparently in the original manga, the the characters were actually regularly killed off, and it was much more. There was very little exposition, and in this they've. Or they, they, they tried to compress on... all these books down into one movie, though. Or is I gonna... think sort of. I think no. I think basically the writer has been involved throughout with this this particular film. Yeah. And I think basically he did sort of reimagine the whole thing, but tried to tell the story in a different way through focusing on one sort of community. Yes. Um, and uh, so you don't know if there's plans for sort of sequels or anything. I mean, does this have an end, or is it is it does it feel like it's going to be sequelized? It can certainly be sequelized. The ending I had a very slight problem with. I wouldn't. I don't want to say anything that will give it away, but um, it left me slightly disappointed. Although, but yes, yeah, certainly open to telling a longer story if it's a success. Um, but no, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Um, oh, that's, that, oh, great! I mean, I was kind of interested in it too because I haven't watched that much manga, and I thought it'd be an interesting experiment. But I wasn't sure whether it was going to be a bit of a mm. a bit of a boyden for you. But uh, um, great, great, great. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly we've we've chosen. I mean, this is. A, it's a popular um, title in the anime world, I think, as oh, in okay. as in it's a it's a popular, well known um, um, artist and story. Yeah. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's uh, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Um, and 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 yeah, and I, mean, and I did have a, a a worst line for you. Oh gosh, yeah. Do you want to do you want me to hit you with the worst line? Hit me with the worst line. <laughs> Frankly, there are lots of worse lines in a way with all the Basil Exposition-y type yeah, lines. Yeah. <laughs> but there's just this bit when um, Kiri gives them some food and one really lame incidental character goes, this is this stuff is pretty good. It must be really nutritious. <laughs> oh, hello, translation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hello, hello translation. That. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I enjoyed awesome. it. Cool. Okay, well, I mean, one thing we did do for these animation movies and uh, I don't know if this will please some or turn others off or whatever but we went for very different movies uh, I mean animation itself you know obviously is it's almost like saying film you can do you know comedy you can do whatever within it so uh, you went for a manga a sort of classic manga thing I went for a documentary knowing very 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 little about the documentary itself I knew a bit about the subject but I didn't know how he was going to approach this, how he was, how the director was going to approach this um, in animation. And mm. I had really sort of no idea what I was letting myself in for, but, and I thought it might be a bit depressing, but as a sort of my sort of high watermark, and I, this is the thing I was thought I was going to be judging this against, even if subconsciously, have you ever mm. seen Waltz with Bashir? No. It's incredible. So there's another animation I love. It's amazing. It's about the Israeli-Palestine conflict. I remember all about it. It's just one of those things. Again, I didn't get around to. Yeah. It. Oh well, I highly recommend it. So this thing is this is called Tower. See, I remembered the title. It's good. It was simple, one word. <laughs> this is called Tower. It's from 2016, and it okay. is a documentary made about Charles Whitman, uh, who went to the top of the um, building at the University of Texas oh, God. and started yes. shooting people from the top. Yes. Yeah, basically, it was a, it's a documentary about that thing, which, when you come to think about it, now, even though uh, mass shootings in America are still shocking, it is a bit of a case of, oh, it's another one. Mm, but yeah. when this happened, it was one of the first big mass shootings kind. in the States. Yeah. So it was a really big cultural uh, event. You know, it was a shocker. Mm. Um, way before the trench coat mafia and all that kind of thing. Uh, mm. I, mean, like, I, I think... It, 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 you know, it's very telling that now people know who Charles Whitman is. They know about that, whereas they couldn't tell you how many high school shootings there have been over the last three years. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially, this documentarian, um, whose name is uh, Keith Maitland, wanted to, I think, give a flavour of the whole, of what it was like to be there, of what happened, just to to kind of encapsulate the experience. So I can't really, you know, you can't, I can't really talk about it as much of a plot really. I'm going to talk about more of the animation style. Sure. Because, I mean, plot-wise, essentially, it starts from when the shooting starts and ends after the shooting ends, if that makes any sense. Yeah. We know that this guy climbed up the, the, the Texas tower and started taking pot shots of people, and that's sort of where we come into it, really. Right. Well, we start with people, we start with people who are doing their everyday life stuff as you know this guy starts opening fire um, so this is all is it like so it's animated but but these are interviews with real people who w- witnessed the the event so what he's done is he's he's interviewed people who were there hmm. uh, he interviews one lady who actually got shot and she forms quite a pivotal part of the documentary and i think did feel form quite a pivotal part of the event itself Mm-hmm. Um, he's taken stock interview footage of people who were there who have From passed away or stuff that or just because it was you know it was that that was stock there but what he's done is he's then uh, recast those people with actors and got the actors to speak their words right because I read a piece he said he wanted it to feel young so that people it wasn't just a bunch of old people that you telling you about this you were seeing young people that this was happening to the sophomores the seniors all the all the college students at their ages and the police oh, officers at their ages so you were you were very much in it and what he, and he's used a technique called rotoscoping now do you know what rotoscoping is um is it like that that one that what's his name used for that Richard oh, Linklater did for Richard Linklater yes yeah. so basically yeah you're drawing over the mm. moving over, over the video footage. Yeah. What's the Richard Linklater film? Uh, Waking Life. No. Oh, uh, Scanner Darkly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that the same technique as well? Yeah, yeah, it's the same technique. He did a couple of things like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I've only seen Scanner Darkly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what he mm. accomplishes is um, he has these actors, and he, he did say that he knew he would not be able to do recreations on the campus of the University of Texas. It's just way too sensitive. It would just be an absolute no-no. So what he did was he did these sort of recreations of people falling, of people... A couple of the the, the people he speaks to spend a large portion of their time lying on the ground because they've been shot in an open open territory kind of thing. Mm. And there's a couple of guys who are trying to work out to help people. They're sort of cowering behind bushes and things are trying to work out their thing but he shot all of this stuff in his back garden in open spaces because then he could animate the background as well yeah so that he could make this actually he could get that kinetic feel of the real people and you connect with you do very much with this technique i found personally you connect very much with the those people they you know they it's like a drawing of a sort of perfect drawing of a person so you, mm. you really you know you feel like the people and uh you uh, and they meant that you could then put the the you know the Texas the 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 drawing of the the, the tower in and things like that. And sure, sure, give it the landscape. But but yeah. what he but he doesn't just stick to that. So he'll mix in he mixes in newsreel footage, proper newsreel footage um, of people you know being carried away of the of the shots of the tower all over the place. So the whole thing is a is a melange, if you will, of rotoscope and old footage. Right. And uh, he'll do things like insert. Occasionally, he'll insert rotoscoping just into a video tableau of the old footage, kind of thing. Right. And as he's building up, so you get to learn about. He he sort of takes you to learn about the people who get shot. You get to learn about some of the police officers who responded. You get to learn about some of the people who were there, you know, hiding from the gunman and uh, trying to rescue people who had been shot. That kind of thing. And it just builds up this sort of uh, giant picture of all that was happening in and around this. Oh, and the news reporters. He speaks to the news reporters. All the sort of chaos that happened in Austin and all of the um, the people that were involved in all the different levels and places and things like that. Uh, all done with all this, yeah, first-hand uh, interview, either contemporarily done and then redone by actors or, yeah, taken from, from uh, the time. I'm just going to cut in. I think this sounds fantastic. It's incredible. I, mean, it really I, can't, be, I can't be bothered to go. I mean, I think, I, I, you know, I, I, there's no drawing out process here. This is mm. a solid gold A. 
Really? This really? is easily one of the best things I've ever seen on Netflix. It's absolutely spectacular. He does. He also uses um, contemporary music. And mm. just, what he does is he counterpoints. He uses his really happy music. There's an amazing scene he sets to Sati's uh, Sarti, Claire de la Lune, but, uh, but there's lots of sort of pop songs he'll throw in there. So you get mm. that sort of vibe of the cappy, carefree, happy people. And you mm. really do feel the shock. What he does is he, you get you feel the shock of the event, you feel the utter heroism of some of the people, and you feel the despair, and you feel you get a, a, an amazing feeling of what this meant to these people, what it still means, and what it was like to be there today. I really was absolutely bowled over by it. It is an incredible piece of filmmaking. Wow, I could not recommend it more highly. It's it also even though it's about a, a psycho taking pot shots at people, it's not depressing. depressing. It's mm. just brilliant. It's just absolutely smack you around the face. Brilliant. Wow. And uh, yeah, I'm exceptionally glad I got to see it. And I, I could not recommend anyone more highly than to go and watch Tower. It's just a stunning, stunning bit of work. Well, it does sound... <clears throat> that's that's really interesting that it's not depressing. I mean, it certainly sounds sombre, but it also does sound yeah, it's... interesting. And that's cool if it's... Well, I, I, I'm going to watch it. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know what more there is to say. Really, There's, there is a point. I don't really. You do. I don't. I actually no. I don't want to. I don't want to give you any spoilers about what he does with the technique because he develops this technique throughout the mm. movie as well. And it's not like the technique itself overpowers the movie or overtakes it, but it is a case that the way he's chosen to tell this story and the way that he evolves that adds to it so well like he's mm. it's paced beautifully but he does it's it i can't sort of yeah i can't I, I i'm repeating myself i think but the techniques well i i love this i love people not doing something for something's sake i love the fact that he rotoscoped it so he could use the um you know the, he could do these reconstructions but keeping it real and keeping yeah. it feeling like people but i also love the fact that he doesn't just go Right, that's it. That's what I've done. He actually he has thought about how do I use this technique? How do I evolve it? When do I come out of that? When do I show real life people? When do I show footage? When do I you know do I go actually to these people being interviewed and just so show that? It's he's he's done it brilliantly. Thought about it brilliantly. I don't know uh, who his editor was, but they have done an absolutely stunning job as well. Um, just for interest, did you I did you read? And the cast actually brilliant. Sorry, just because these when you realise that these people aren't saying a script. I mean, they are, but they're saying people's actual words. Yeah, the cast yeah. are entirely brilliantly believable. They're a great, great voice cast. Hmm. I was just, I was just going to ask, have you read? And <coughs> was was this well received? Uh, yes, critically I acclaimed. It, I, be, I believe it was rather well received. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I think it may have uh, won a couple of sort of uh, a couple of. Oh, well, award. Don't say won a couple of awards because would I? I would remind you that um, Krampus, the Chris, Christmas Devil, won an award. That's entirely true. Although this did win the Austin Film Critics Association Best Film, Boston Society of Film Critics Awards Best Film, uh, loads of lo- Dallas Film. I mean, yeah, that sounds that lo- sounds lots quite and standard. lots and lots of very good IndieWire Critics Poll nominated for London Film Festival nominated for an award. I mean, it's not. I'd, it's not. It's, it's, it's not like I haven't picked it. I'm not saying this is a massive movie. It, it won the documentary feature at South by Southwest. Um, it's, but it's it's not an underdog. You've but at the same time, gi- you've given yourself Citizen Kane, haven't no, you? I, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize it had won. The, I just. I just thought it was an interesting documentary to look at. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize it when I was picking. At the time, but <laughs> we watch anything as long as we it's watch- had loads of awards. Yes, yeah, as long as it's massively critically <laughs> successful. No, but at the same time, I doubt many people have heard of this still. No, you have to be no. very much. It's very much a film festival movie. It's a, yeah. you know, it's a sort of doc specialty kind of thing. Um, but yeah, just seriously, just watch Tower. Bloody brilliant, fantastic. Well, I'm really glad it was so good. That sounds really good. Um, I think I, I will watch it and report back. I would really like you to watch it. I would like to see mm. uh, what you think. But I just, I can't imagine you watching it going, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't sound like a kind of film. Yeah, yeah, yeah whereas yeah. I, I think I, actually I think I can imagine you watching my film and just going, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so we have watched two separate movies. Oh, what what grade did you give yours? By the way, what grade? I don't think watch? I did give it a grade this no. time, but, but I'm I'm happy to just throw it a B. 
Oh wow, okay, fine. We've got an A and a B. Positive. Yeah. B minus, I think. Okay. I think I think the script of mine is 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 pants enough in places, but yeah. All right. A and a B minus, like it. Um, I don't have any best line, worst line, because mine's a documentary about a man shooting people from a tower. So, uh, so far we've oh, only had my nutritious food line. That is disappointing. Yeah, I mean there is some there are some great lines, but then yeah, telling, no, I telling you anything sort of spoils it anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to our third movie then. So the third movie we went for is a once again it's a wipe the slate clean. We went for yeah. a bit of fun knockabout comedy. Uh, more of an adult kind of orientated comedy. It's got a fantastic cast. Yeah. And what's it called, Jono? Hell and Back. Yeah. We've got, all right, we've got Mila Kunis in it. We've got Bob Odenkirk, who is yeah. a bit of a legend, quite frankly. Um, and a whole bunch of other sort of extremely well-known sort of bit and comedy actors, really. Yeah, well, there's, there's Susan Sarandon, for a start. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Susan Sarandon, yeah. Yeah, there's TJ Miller, who's quite big at the moment, isn't isn't he? Yes. Is uh, Nick Swardson, um, who's not so big perhaps, but he's plays in loads of comedy films. I know him best as the obsessive fan in Blades of Glory, which I know is a film you don't like, but I do. Yes. Um, Rob Riggle, who's who's um, who I, I I like. He's in. He, I don't I, yeah. not necessarily. I I can't think of. Oh, and that Danny I've McBride, who's a big sort of like mainstay of. Uh... My oh, yeah, yeah, the genius of Pineapple Express. Yes, exactly. My favourite thing. The magic ingredient Express. in that. I yeah, think. yeah, absolutely. Oh, and did you notice Greg Proops is in this? Oh, no, I didn't. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I recognised his voice. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's get back to the plot. It's a stop motion um, style of animation. Yeah, a kind of claymation sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I would say much more in the style of sort of the um, uh, robot chicken than, than in yes. the style of Ardman. Yes. Oh, yes. Definitely. Definitely. And um, there is a robot chicken connection. Um, yes. But anyway, it, it's right. So it's it's about these three slightly douchey guys called um, is it Remy, Orgie, and Kurt? That, that right? sounds right. I think it's Remy, yeah. Orgie, and Kurt. Yes. Anyway, these three guys who who work in a um, sort of fun dilapidated fair. amusement park. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like one of those fair. sort of boardwalky kind of fun fairs, isn't it? Amusement park. Yeah. And one of them basically it's falling apart, and one of them's in charge of sort of like fixing it up, but there's no money. And then um, his friend Remy um, gets talking to the fortune teller. Yes. And um, and while he's talking to the fortune teller, he takes her her devil book, and um, and the devil book it seems to be sort of crying, and they sort of decide, oh, because it's crying, it's going to be. You know, it's going to become a thing that people will draw, will come and will come yeah. and see it. But the key thing that happens is that Remy and Kurt make a blood oath over the book. Yes, and and it's all over a breath mint. Isn't yes, it? which uh, um, either Remy or Kurt. I suddenly can't remember which. Name. It's Kurt. It's Kurt. I wrote this down. Yeah, oh, Kurt. Well Kurt pledges an oath to repay the mint loan on the pages of the Devil's Book. Yes, and but then he makes it. Yeah, he he just so he immediately reneges. He immediately it. reneges on it and gets sucked into yeah a hell. great big swirling vortex sucks him into hell. Yeah, and then Remy and or whatever they're called the other two quickly jump into the portal as well because they've got to go down to hell to rescue their mate. That is it in a nutshell. And that's the, that's all in the first and sort of five. And it's ten then minutes, it's sort of there basically. Yeah, it's first sort of five ten minutes. Then it's the, the rest of it is their various adventures trying to. Uh, get their friend back who hmm. is sort of kept as a plaything by the devil and they yeah. have to team up with a half demon and go and try and find Orpheus in the underworld uh, who's an expert at rescuing mortals from the underworld to try and get their friend back and yeah and, it, and it's and it's the de the devil is voiced by um Bob Odenkirk Bob Odenkirk and yeah. Orpheus who we meet sort of towards towards the end don't we is is, is voiced by Danny McBride yes um so I do, do we need to say much more about plot? I don't think so. I mean, plot-wise, that's about it. It's a classic sort of knockabout adventure um, mm. rescue mission, you know, with hellish overtones. Yeah, of. and and the sort of humour that it's very bawdy, uh, crude. You know, it's definitely going for we're an adult animation. There is yes. a hell of a lot of swearing and incredibly crude, um, lewd kind of jokes and. Yeah. Just a lot of swears, really. Yeah. Um, the devil is a sort of 
sort of metrosexual character, I suppose you'd call him. Isn't he, he is. He, like... he sort of veers between being sort of very raw and very sort of you know, masculine, and then sort of yeah, very metrosexual. Yeah, he's got he's got a sort of horn, a big muscly horned version of himself, and he can turn himself into more of a a um. Kind of suave kind of uh, yeah Oscar Wilde kind of character yeah almost. yeah 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 um yeah and, uh, and basically they they're discovered in in he- in hell and and they and and the main plot actually just for a bit more plot is that the one Kurt is going to be sacrificed by oh the sure devil. but they just don't they don't know about that though do they, they no but I mean I'm just I'm just sort of yeah. telling yeah, yeah. a little bit more that their mission is to try and stop that and they they enlist Orpheus to kind yeah. of help them and they oh yeah and they fall in love with Dima a yes Mila purple demon played by thing. yeah purple sort of cat demon so I yeah I, I initially watching this had quite a bit of trouble watching it because I me and animation here I just did not enjoy physically did not enjoy watching the animation Mm-mm. I found mm. it quite off-putting yeah uh, I so I so this is why you know I watched a bit and then I stopped for a while, quite frankly, and I had to kind of <laughs> make myself go back and start again and rewatch it to see what I could get out of it. And yeah. I did go back and I did start it again and I did uh, try and get over that sort of like not find I found the style quite unfriendly. You know, there's not much expression yeah. in the faces. The the tones aren't very nice. It's all very sort of. This is another thing. This is a this is a big mea culpa. Uh, I know loads of people love box trolls. I've really tried to love box trolls, but it's that same color palette, and I don't mm. enjoy watching it. But uh, I did watch the movie, and I, I was about twenty minutes in before I made my first note. And my first note was, "I don't care. I don't care. I don't like it. I don't care. I hate the look. I hate the script. I hate the voice acting. I think this is actually really bad. I hate the look. This is not funny." I hate it. Oh, I'm disappointed. Did you Do like you it? No, I absolutely hated it. It's so awful. I was isn't really it? hoping we disagree for no, some reason, and this because uh, so awful. I'm terrible at judging what you find funny, and for oh some reason, oh my god, reason, I can't believe you would have thought that I found, would find this I, funny. No, but, but I, well, for some reason, I just thought that you would, and I and I was really expecting to disagree. But no, I thought, okay, I will admit, I will concede. That to get this film made takes vision, it takes skill, it takes energy, passion, imagination, love for the project, etc., etc. But I but they wish could all they have hadn't. been done better, spent better doing another project. Yeah, I think the animation was incredibly annoying. Yes, and it reminded me of. Have you watched Scream Street? No. Oh, Scream Street's a, a children's program, I think, made by BBC, but it's this kind of animation. And it's really annoying, but at least it has the good grace to only last for nine minutes per episode. Oh my god! This, this went thing on never for. Ended. This seemed like it was going on forever, and and that sort of. Can I read yeah. you another one of my notes? Okay, go. One hour to go, please. Can I stop? Oh, do you want to hear one of my notes? Yeah, I'm finding the endless cock flap pussy rape bro gags really unfunny and very annoying. Really, really annoying. Oh my god, the entire last... Fi- I'm not going to spoil anything because don't watch this movie. The no. entire last 15 minutes is... A- there's, there's been a sort of undercurrent of a gag about Orpheus being raped by a tree. And mm. the entire last 15 minutes turns into tree rape gags. Like a massive, yeah. long, extended tree rape gag. It's awful. It's horrible. And it's mm. actually really horrible. Like- yeah, it's horrible but as well. But the thing is, you know when someone's... You know when someone's really trying to be offensive and really trying yes. to shock. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't yeah. know about you, but I immediately just think, "Nob, I'm not. I'm oh, yeah, not no, shocked but or I'm offended sorry, I didn't at all." That's horrible is, in that sort of like morally offensive way. I just mean it was just such a mess. It was just horrible. I know. <laughs> but that's the, but yeah. Okay. Well, well, the point I was just going to make is that when someone's trying so hard to sort of make as many knob rude jokes as possible and trying to be offensive, you just sort of think, "Yeah, this is just, just really, this it's just not good." It's, they, I write, mean, they write it's, this it's, terrible comedy song that just where they try to put as many words for penis in as possible or something, and it's just yeah. bloody awful. Yeah, well, I'm, I am disappointed. I, I, I don't, I'm, don't, I'm don't disappointed that you dude. thought I would find this funny. I'm quite offended. Like this, this the script for this seems like it was written by a couple of frat boys who basically downed a pack of light beer and mm. just sort of went Willy and just said rude words it was, it's yeah. kind of like Beavis and Butthead would write a better script but it's oh god yes it's just 
But I think actually, dude, more than in ways, more than, it's easy to get distracted by all the sort of bad crude jokes and and stuff. And yeah. I agree, it's just totally adolescent and obnoxious. That's the obnoxious. I think is is in ways the easiest one word summary of this. Yeah, book. but it's a bit like but, it's a bit like a ch- sort of eight year old at a dinner party who's constantly jumping up, going, "Ha ha! Look at this! I'm being funny." Yeah, exactly. Or an irritating person going, "Oh, I'm going to swear! Isn't it cool?" Yeah. Um, but almost more important than that was that I just didn't give a monkey's about any of the characters. Oh, I hated all of them. You yeah. know, they yeah, they were all pretty loathsome. The nearest I got to liking a couple of them maybe was the devil himself, but I didn't like him either because he was just no. a, he was just a bit of a knob. And so there's a vague just, era. There's a vague sort of like shine of. Uh, kind of like gay panic in the whole thing as well wrapped up in a veneer of trying to be slightly yeah. right on about it which is all just a bit boring yeah really and he's, boring and, really and that, so the devil typifies a lot of that as does Orpheus being raped by a tree yeah. but uh, yeah it's... in fact I, I did chuckle once and that was when Orpheus it was just a slapstick gag when Orpheus fell over and got hit in the face by something and I found myself chuckling once and the only other gag that I sort of like but it didn't make me laugh but I thought okay that's is that is that it? I think they have two or three running gags where you see a soul or something being introduced to oh a yeah that's the only good bit the soul bit yeah bit of torture in in hell and it's always something actually really lame yeah no, that was <laughs> that was I, actually the only funny bits in it is the soul bits yeah yeah so like there's one when they've just got to walk up some stairs and an escalator a one-story escalator that isn't working Yes. You just have to walk out by foot. And it, it, there's the interplay between the soul and the demon that's introducing him to the means of torture was moderately nice. Yes. Although, actually, what it did put me in mind of is uh, this new series I've discovered on Netflix, bonus content here, um, <laughs> called The Good Place. And if you haven't seen it, I urge you to check it out. I specifically urge you to check it out, Jono, but mm. also other people. Um, essentially, uh, Kristen Bell dies and wakes up and she's told she's gone to the good place because she's such a wonderful person as a human rights lawyer who's helped these people. But actually, she was a complete douche and she's ended up in heaven by accident and uh, has to fit in. And it's, oh, and, and it's sort of Ted Danson as the uh, being brilliant as sort of like the hell administrator. Only like 24-minute well, apps. And right. it's really, really, really enjoyable. Oh. But it was, it was way more fun. 24 minutes of that is infinitely more fun than watching uh, any of Helen Back. So I would say watch The Good Place and pretend it's animated. Yeah, okay. All right, thanks. Thanks, good tip. Yeah. Um, Did you have any best line, worst line? No, I sorry. I hated it so much. I couldn't think of a single best line or worst line. I really hated it. No, well, I think... I, I, I really thought, also, just as a final point, Go. I was really surprised how bad the acting was. Mm. Because Mila Kunis, I thought, was actually quite good. Everyone else was sort of like... I am voice acting. I am definitely doing a character who's not real. Mm. It was all just really projecty and very like cartoony as opposed to you know good voice acting where it just feels like you integrate the voice with the character and yeah, I know I know what you're saying. I'd say maybe not so much with Danny McBride, but um yeah. No, 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 not necessarily. Just just in general, I think maybe our three leads, the three leads were terrible. Yeah, they were, weren't they? Uh, and I just, but, I just thought all round it just felt it was a bit, I don't know, slightly. I'm pleased to say, by the way, that Greg Proops only has a very small part. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> good old Greg Proops. Um, Sorry, yeah, you go, you go for best line, worst line. Well, I'm I don't so really. Have, I, I'm, I'm in a similar place in that my best line. I was just going to mention what I've already mentioned: the repeated gags with the lame punishments. I thought was the nearest it got to a sort of decent line yeah. and or gag and it had so many bad lines there's no um, worse like they're there's, all there's, so bad and also I, I don't actually want to swear that much in this podcast no exactly there I've, I've written down some because they were the ones that maybe just go yeah that's lame but they they all frankly have yeah Fanity. i don't want to eat I, I don't want to yeah. give them the, the the credit of saying them yeah so no, yeah. i think an absolute stinker i'm going for an e on this i thought it was appalling yeah i i don't know whether i want to go yeah no i think i'll go i'll go for e plus Cool. Well, I think in very many ways it sort of uh, has fulfilled its half its mission. It went to hell. Mm. It didn't really come back. <laughs> no. But both of us have gone the other way. I've gone certainly into documentary heaven, and you've gone into you know at least one of the lower rungs yeah. of heaven with uh, yeah. with Bashy or Bam or Bing or Bong, whatever yours was called. Blam, but Blam. spelled blame. That's it. Cool. So yeah. you know. All in all, not too bad a, uh, a selection. We, we fulfilled our service. And next time, episode 30. 
episode 30. That's an exciting was thought. all grown up. And I Maybe that's why really this one took idea. so long to do, because we were avoiding <laughs> yeah. 30. Yeah. Well, I've had a very good idea for episode 30. Hit me. Musicals. Oh, yeah, baby. Mm, I know, I had the idea quite a long time ago now. And um, I, you know, I touched on musicals with my Bollywood one, and in fact, you did, this you terrible did. Helen Back had a slightly musical vibe occasionally, didn't it? But yeah, but they were all awful songs. They were awful. They? Yeah, terrible soundtrack too. Um, so yeah, oh, musicals. Yeah, totally, musicals, totally musicals. down for musicals. I still haven't seen La La Land. I know quite a few people who've seen it who rubbished it, and quite a few people who've seen it who loved it. I have a suspicion I'm going to be in the loved it category, but yeah. La La Land's not on Netflix right now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> you were the one that um, you're my one of my favourite film reviews that you ever did when you rang me up and you said. Have you seen Moulin Rouge yet? And I went, no. And you just went, see it, see it, see it, see it, over and over again for about five minutes. I couldn't get you to do anything else other than it's see really it. Really good, see it. I know, you were right. I didn't watch it for ages afterwards, but when I did finally see it, I realised Ben was right. Oh, yes, I was. All right, yeah, find us three musicals, Jono. We will uh, we'll watch a five those and then drop some science on your listening ears, people. Thank you very much for sticking with us. I'm sorry there's been gaps. We've uh, worked on a plan to close those gaps. We've got a couple of other ideas coming up as well. Maybe we're going to get a couple of guests on the show in the next next couple of episodes Maybe. to try and talk about a couple of the movies. We're, we're sort of working on that. What we would love you to do, if you can spare the time, is to just jump onto iTunes. Maybe leave us a review. Maybe click subscribe. Because frankly, we do tend to come out a bit randomly. So if you subscribe, that means you won't be disappointed when you look for the next episode and you won't miss one after you get bored and decide to be never doing another one again so just hit that subscribe button and we'll just pop into your uh, podcast app when it's done but I promise you it'll be definitely more frequently than it has been until then if you have anything you'd like us to watch any genres you'd like us to touch on any mountains you'd like us to climb we watch anything at gmail.com is the snaily maily sort of way kind of snail mail these days Facebook we watch anything but really Twitter at we watch anything is, is very much the our sphere. best way to get a hold of us. It isn't yeah. very much our sphere. It's very much more immediate. Yeah, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? Twitter. This Twitter thing. Yeah, yeah. I wish you know, wish more people mm. knew about it. Talking of amazing Twitter things, have you watched uh, Unfriended? Do I mean Unfriended? I've only watched the first half. I think you're really winding things up, and now I just brought out a film on you. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, thanks, dude. Yeah, I've only watched the first half of it. I think. Uh, yeah. I, I think I fell asleep. We all collectively, uh, my wife and I. Yeah. Fell asleep uh, okay. through the middle of it, but I was quite enjoying it, I believe. Yeah, isn't it sort yeah. of done? Oh, that's one just done through the screens, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, it's not bad. I think they do very, really well. But this is the most annoying ending to a podcast ever. Just as yes, you're about is. to wind up to an end, I've said, "I know oh, you're you sleeping in a movie. You're brilliant at these." Right. <laughs> thanks for tuning in, everybody. Yeah, uh, thank can you. Can we say tuning in with the podcast? Don't care. Yeah, thanks yeah, for listening. Uh, no, tuning in's fine. Stick with tuning in. Oh, cool. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you again. Well, we'll talk to you again next time we actually manage to record one of these things, which won't be that long, I promise. Um, And until then, listen to the back catalogue or do something fun. Learn a new skill. Pottery. Pottery looks nice. See you next time where we're going to talk about musicals. Yay. See you soon, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye, Benjamin. Bye.